Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every Thursday on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We are live. Welcome to week two of Fourth and Broke with Wes Sanderson and Justin Kelly, a podcast sponsored by the Northern Star at NIU. I'm Wes Sanderson. He is Justin Kelly. Justin, we got one week already in the books of this, and well, let's start with the NCAA. It was a little bit of a shocking week um, in terms of our number one team in the nation almost being upset by Boston College. The Big 12 has finally eliminated themselves from playoff contention right before the Pac-12 gets started. Um, what did you think about last week's games in general? I mean, in general, man, you look at you look at Oklahoma State, they uh, really dropped the ball for big, the Big 12 chance for even having a team in contention for the CFP. You know, especially losing the Texas, the team that legit looks like they're going to lose a coach within the next couple of weeks after the season, if he doesn't really get in our big bull win, you know? Um, so yeah, Oklahoma state really ruined the big 12 chance. Um, it really opens the door for a team like Cincinnati who could go undefeated in American and sneak in there. If say if a Notre Dame slips up or like, an, I don't know, you never know because at this rate, Cincinnati looks like a team that could compete. And it's like, they look like Boise, Boise State when during the BCS era where everyone's like, Boise State deserves to be in the national championship picture. This, what's this, that's what that Cincinnati team reminds me of. That Cincinnati team, I think, proved last week that they not only can hold teams with a defense, but were able to score in bunches. Uh, you know, going up against a Memphis team that had put up good amount of points. I was very shocked to see them beat that over last week. I was happy to see it because I am hoping for a group of five to sneak into that four spot. Um, so I, I think that why don't we just get right into our top six really quick, um, and I can go first. I have a little bit of movement going on in mine. So number one team in the nation this week, I have actually selected the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Tide did nothing except like show that even without Jalen Waddle, that offense is going to run like no tomorrow. Mac Jones has proven to be a Heisman uh, contender at quarterback after replacing Tua Tagovailoa, and you know, I think that you're going to see a lot of movement not only just from myself in these next couple of weeks, but throughout national polls too and national power rankings on who is going to be that number one team. Uh, I'm putting Bama there. They definitely showed after like last week's showing that they can be the number one team in the nation. They deserve it. Um, and, you know, the number two team in the nation really, like, kind of stumbled out of the gates. So Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers are my number two team this, uh, this week. Uh, Lawrence, again, missed last week due to the fact that he has tested positive with COVID-19. He is also going to be out this week against probably the Tigers' toughest game of the season when they go to South Bend to face the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on Saturday night. Um, do I think that the Tigers have a very good chance at beating the Irish? Yes, I still do. That freshman quarterback looks just as good as Trevor Lawrence. Give him another week in that system. Uh, I think that it's going to be a very hard-fought game, but I do think that the Tigers deserve the number two spot. My number three, really it's like one A, B, C. I'm going with the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes, again, showed up last week in Happy Valley destroyed honestly in my opinion a Penn State team that 
really has not like looked great. They, they looked a little bit better in the second half, but Ohio state is just on a whole different level. It's going to be Ohio state versus the field in the big 10, given the fact that Wisconsin has now missed two games. I really don't see them making any noise coming into the playoffs and, you know, having two less games, not going to be able to make it up. They still might win the big 10 West, but they are not as good as Justin Fields in that Ohio state offense but also that defense is going under the radar. That secondary is very good. They've been able to replace those front seven guys that are still getting pressures to the quarterback. So I would put Ohio State at three. Number four, I think this is going to work itself out this weekend. I'm putting the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at four. You know, Notre Dame has done everything in its power in order to like solidify itself as a top four team. They're going to have to prove it this weekend, though, at home against Clemson. If they beat Clemson, I think that Notre Dame moves itself into that conversation of being a top two, top three team um, and could possibly boot Clemson into the five spot, depending on how my five and six do. Five, I have Cincinnati and then six, I have the University of Georgia. The only reason I'm putting the Bearcats in front of Georgia is just because of the fact they've run the table and they've looked convincing doing it. Strength of schedule is going to obviously be something that the committee is going to need to address. Um, but I'm going to leave that up to the committee and I can't wait to see what that ranking looks like. Um, but just on paper, that Cincinnati team looks really well. I think it deserves a chance at it. And I think that those rankings should be able to like reflect it. Georgia's got another tough week this weekend when they go and play Florida. So, you know, we're going to see what that Georgia team is made out of because it's kind of an Easter famine for that offense entirely this year. I mean, yeah, my rankings, you know, there's not too much differences uh, between ours. It might surprise you when I go up to two and three, but um, like I, I'm agree with you. I think Alabama bumps up and goes above Clemson, just the, basically off of last week's performance. I don't know, you know, that the freshman really did look good in that second half, but, you know, it was against Boston College. And so there was a little bit more and nothing to take a shot at Boston College. There is a little air there, room for air, I would say. You know, next week we're going to see how he does against Notre Dame, you know. Um, so, for, to me, two and three are really close with Ohio State and Clemson right now without Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence comes back and is a guy that he was at the start of the season or, you know, if he gets out of rhythm, look out because this Clemson team could lose in Notre Dame and they're looking at outside in, you know. Um, so, that's why I'm at right now, and you might – whoever's listening to this might disagree with me, but I have Ohio State too. The reason why I have Ohio State at two is because how well that defense improved from week one to week two. That defense looked completely different. That Nebraska offense made that Ohio State defense look what they are, young. They lost – Ohio State lost a lot defensively. And from one from week one to two, that surprised me. Because Penn State's an offensive team. that They're really talented offensively. And they locked down Penn State. And at times they're like, whoa, okay. So that's why I have Clemson maybe just for now dropping down to the three spot because this is the whole Ohio State defense picking up. You know, that offense always is always going to outperform whoever they play, it seems like, especially as that season goes down a stretch in the Big Ten. Um, so three would probably free Clemson, but that two, three, you could argue. Notre Dame's four. And I have to agree with you. Cincinnati, you know, I made that comparison at the beginning of the discussion Cincinnati, Boise State. The thing is, Cincinnati plays in a better conference than Boise State did back then. Americans really good athletes. It's a really good conference. American is a, arguably, I would say the American athletic is more competitive than the Big 12. 
yeah. I, I would put I would put it in that conversation without a doubt. You could even put it up there with like the ACC. I mean, you take Clemson, North Carolina, you know, Notre Dame. You, you take those three teams out of there. Okay, take Miami, put it in there too. You take those four teams out. The American Athletic is just as competitive as the Big Twelve and and as the as the middle and bottom portions of the ACC. You know, I one hundred percent. I I get why people like group them into the group of five, but they are by far the best group of five, and it's not even close. Like that's really what it is. So I mean. You know, everybody wants to like sit there and just like spit all over Cincinnati because they play in the American and they didn't have any non-conference games. That's not their, that's not their issue. That's, that's really not going to be their issue. And the committee needs to like understand that. And I think we all need to like, you know, everybody is going to play whatever they're given the opportunity to play. You know, we wouldn't be having this discussion, you know, if Ohio state, like, you know, if Ohio State has Michigan and Penn State all of a sudden canceled on them, like if they're pulling Wisconsin and the only games that they have on their schedule is they blow out Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, and gosh, who else would they play? You know, Nebraska or Illinois? Like you blow out all those uh, all those other teams. You're not having this conversation with a Big Ten. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. In, in that American Conference, you have Memphis, you have UCF, you have – Cincinnati, you got a SMU is a really good program right now. I mean, you look at it and you're like, man, all right, the American can really contend for that playoff spot in the next years with those programs that are in there now. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, Georgia draws the unlucky straw of losing to Alabama, which, you know, if you lose to Alabama, it's kind of a win and a loss, especially if it's a close game. If you play Alabama tight, everyone looks at you like, whoa, they can hang with Alabama. They could probably beat anyone else in the country because Alabama's usually so good. So, yep. yeah, I mean, Cincinnati is at five for me, and then Georgia's at six. I mean, that's kind of easy. I, I, would put, I would put this hypothetical to you. You have Cincinnati at five. Where do you put Oklahoma State in your top ten? Uh, they're completely out right now. I, they're not my top. I mean, don't get me wrong. The bad part is that they, they lost that game at home. If they would have went to yeah. Texas and lost, it would have been a totally different story. If they would have gone to Austin, this would be a whole different conversation because yeah. Austin is a very different place to play. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm just going to, like, start throwing stuff at the wall on this one. You you put Cincinnati versus Oklahoma State head-to-head. I'm taking Cincinnati. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I think Cincinnati is just a better defensive team. You know, they're going to be able to outscore Chuba Hubbard in that offense – I think 10 times over one, they're one of the top 10 scoring offenses in the country. Um, so I think that, you know, anybody who is really going to like, look at like Cincinnati, like if we're putting Cincinnati at five, you know, actually sit down and watch a game and actually understand what they're doing. They, they had a good line last week from like a betting perspective and they blew that line out of the water. Um, you know, you put, you put in Clemson at three. I think that this conversation is one that, you know, a lot of people are going to have if, you know, their biggest test of the year is this Saturday night against Notre Dame. And we're going to hit on this because I'm pretty sure we're both going to talk about this game. I know that I have it on my notes already. Um, Clemson loses this. Is there an asterisk next to that loss because Trevor Lawrence isn't playing? I mean, it all depends how well if it's a, if, yes, if it's a close game where they lose on the last drive, I would say yes. But if they're getting blown out, because that defense is getting tore up by Notre Dame. I'm going to say no, because you got to really get it. At the end of the day, you have to have a complete team to, to 
really contend for a national championship. We saw it last year. LSU was very talented on both sides of the ball. So was Ohio State. So was Clemson. The only team that really wasn't in that playoff was Oklahoma, and they got yep. destroyed. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it, if it's a close, high, knock them out type of game, yeah, you can put an asterisk there because you feel like if there's a time where they go three and out or a couple times, they're like, whoa, maybe Trevor's, Trevor Lawrence could have fucking could have done something, you know? So. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's going to be a conversation that is going to be had, especially, you know, Notre Dame. Both of those two teams have an equal amount of shot to win. And I think the bit, and we'll get into the odds in just a minute. Um, when we start breaking down a couple of games that we're all looking at or between the two of us, you know, but both of those two teams have a clear shot at winning this game. And how is this stock going to be affected? You know, futures on this are kind of unbelievable. Like according to FanDuel Sportsbook uh, at Paradise right here in Illinois, right now to win the conference is obviously Clemson is like the overall favorite at minus 650. Notre Dame is sitting at plus 600. If Notre Dame wins this game, that stock is going through the roof. Because of the fact they have a clear shot at making it to Charlotte, and it it would be a re- I'm pretty sure it'd be a revenge game. You know I don't remember what side of the conference they're playing in, but it it's either going to be Notre Dame versus you know whoever is in the southern part of the ACC, or it's going to be Notre Dame Clemson again at a neutral site location, and we're going to solve this whole thing out because Trevor Lawrence is going to be back again, but. You know, plus 600 right now to win the ACC outright. You know, I think a lot of people are kind of worried about that. I, I mean, there's there should be a good amount of money going in on Notre Dame before Saturday night, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm surprised for them to win the conference. Those odds are so high. I don't know why. And and right now, they're both in the Atlantic. Uh, I mean, they're – I mean – are they both in the same division? I think they're both in the Atlantic. I could be okay. wrong, but I have to look that up. That, if they're both in the same division, obviously the winner of this game is going to the conference title, unless somehow Notre Dame wins this game and then somehow slips up. And there I mean, is always that possibility. I mean, yeah, there's always that possibility where Notre Dame has – they've had – I mean, not really recently, but they've had those games where they've lost to like – the Navy, you know, how they lose the Navy, it's Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, they're ranked team. But at the same time, that that shoe can be on the floor. You know, look at look at Clemson last week. Boston College, three quarters of that game. Everyone, I'm, I'm thinking, whoa, they lose this game, and Trevor Lawrence is not going to be back next week. They're out completely. I I was watching that game very much. So just you know, I didn't put money on it, like, but I knew people who would, like put money on Clemson to like cover it against the spread at. They they were worried. I mean, there were text there were text threads going out of like, is Clemson really going to have this game right now? And you know, I, I have friends who go to Notre Dame and they're all saying like, yeah, or going to Cle- like everybody in Notre Dame feels like Clemson is going to be the game that would upset Clemson's season, but nobody really thought Boston College was going to be that team. And you know, I give them credit for the amount of effort that they put in that defense really like held that offense in check. Travis Etienne is still a very, very good running back. And he was able to prove that and push them over the line. Um, But so going to the answer of it, the 
ACC, it looks like, is doing a round-robin type format this year, according to ESPN. So it's going to be the top two teams that are going to come out of the conference. So it could still, so it still could be Clemson Notre Dame in that in that title game in Charlotte in December. So I mean, we could we could easily get an answer, and you know Notre Dame could solve this thing again. They could win both games and shut all the haters up about it, and Notre Dame will easily punch their ticket. Um, so I think that you know we're going to have a lot of these questions going up, and I think you know Saturday night is going to give us a little bit more of answers if Notre Dame is for real. Um, but there are also other games that are on the docket, you know, this weekend that I think are going to give us a little bit of clarity. We have the Pac-12 starting this week. We have the Mid-American starting this week. Um, but the big conference, the Power Five of the Pac-12 returning is going to answer a lot of questions. We've already eliminated the Big 12 basically from the playoff. So why don't, why don't we just throw the Pac-12 in there and see if they can, like, show up? Um, so – why don't we get into a couple of games that we like? I can start off with my first pick of a game that I'm watching. I said last week that this is my team to watch in the Pac-12. Arizona State opens up the season in Los Angeles against the University of Southern California, the Trojans. They are a 10.5-point underdog against the spread with an over-under of 57.5 and 330 to win outright. Um, I'm taking this. I'm I'm taking I'm taking the Sun Devils against USC. Um, you know Southern Cal has had a few players that are already on COVID reserve. There are going to be a lot of questions about uh, Clay Helton, how he is going to run this Trojans offense again. I I don't know a whole heck of a lot about the Sun Devils, but they have been able to play the spoils in recent years against the spread. They upset Oregon last year. They upset Southern Cal last year and UCLA to open the season. They are good at playing the underdog. They are good at covering. I'm taking the Sun Devils to cover. I even like them outright on this. So I, I'll take them at plus 330 to win this outright and continue to possibly charge towards an uh, Pac-12 South title. Oh, I'm 100% with you. Arizona State um, under Herm Edwards has consistently gotten better. You know, and this is a program that's on the rise. It's been on the rise for, what, two, three seasons now. You know, they beat Oregon last year. And I am really hopeful for this program because I love Herman Edwards. But at the same time, you know, USC's got all that tradition. And, you know, it's, I, I, I am going to take the 10 and a half. Uh, and I actually might, I might down the road, might peek at the over and see how it goes because both these offenses are practically explosive to start the year because they're really pumped up and ready to go to start the season, you know. And with that short mini camp and the training camp, these teams, you're going to see how well these teams tackle and play defense. So I wouldn't be afraid to take that over as well. Um, but definitely, I would definitely agree with you on the 10 and a half. All right. Um, next game that I actually selected was an SEC matchup. And SEC, I'm pretty sure it's the Eastern Division of the Florida Gators are going to be playing the University of Georgia Bulldogs this week. The Gators are actually an underdog in this at plus three and a half against the spread with an over under 52 and a half. Kind of surprises me that the Gators are a three and a half point dog. You know, Georgia is feast or famine. They put up 14 points last week against Kentucky against a Kentucky defense that is not good. So, you know, they have been able to score points in bunches against the likes of Alabama and, you know, other decent teams in the SEC. But putting up 14 points against Kentucky is kind of unacceptable. So I don't – it 
what quarterback and what offense are you going to get with the dogs in order to face an offense that is so good in the University of Florida? Kyle Trask and their tight end, which is arguably going to be a number one pick, it, that is a very potent combo. Kyle Trask can obviously make a Heisman candidate. Like, he can make an argument for the Heisman. So I like Florida at plus three and a half. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure this is still a neutral site game. I think they're playing in Jacksonville this week like they would normally play. Um, if it's if it's between the hedges and Georgia even, you know, I still like Florida. I mean, Georgia's defense is very good, but they are going to have a lot to cover with that Florida receiving core and also Kyle Trask's ability to run as he's been able to prove this season. Um I like the Gators in this one at plus three and a half. The at the over under fifty two and a half. I I would punch the over on that. I think that both of those two, I I think that both of those two offenses are going to be able to score. I just don't know. It's a very risky play given the fact of Georgia's like very streaky offenses ability. If they play like they did against Kentucky last week, you're going to want that under because both defenses are still fairly good. I mean, you made really. The- the biggest point that you made was this is a neutral side game. If this was at Georgia, I might swing the other way because of just playing at Georgia's top in general. Playing anywhere in the SEC is top, but Georgia has one of those places where the whole fan, the whole crowd's in it. You know, you just look at Georgia and you're like, man, that's one place as an athlete I would never ever want to play is probably Georgia. Just some of the things I've seen before the game and just how hyped the crowd is and stuff like that. But since this is that neutral, neutral, you know. I, I'm even half tempted to take just them outright. Just, you know, the plus 132 is so much enticing where I feel like Florida could win by a field goal, uh, by a field goal and you're looking at it like, man, that's a really good bet. Um, or even taking them at three-point high, uh, three, three and a half, you really like in both, both odds, you know. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit different for you. I'm going to take them outright at plus 132. So I just like that bet. I just do. I just, to me – you know, Florida really is overcoming some stuff with COVID, and they've had a couple of games canceled. They should be plenty rested. You know, they, they should, should come out. They should come out ready. If they come out flat, I'm not really liking that. But if they, if I, if I know, um, that program and you know Kyle Trask as well as I think I do, um, they should be ready to go. They should. Be I think ready to go. Yeah, I I 100% believe, and it it is in Jacksonville, that that neutral site game is going – it's always good. Florida has been able to put up good showings in the last few years. They've been close. Georgia has had their number in the last few years. I think that changed. I think Dan Mullen is able to pull this off. You know, it's one of those games that you really don't know what you're going to get, but I do think, you know, they've had less games due to COVID restrict – or due to, like, COVID issues – I think Kyle Trask and, and Pitts at their tight end, they are going to have a good game. I, I 100% expect the Gators to at least cover it plus three and a half, but I do like that plus 132. Um, also, we talk a little – This is a pressure game for both teams. This is – I realistically, this is an omission game for both teams. It is. It, I mean, it, it, if either team loses, you can kiss probably the SEC championship game win and also the CFP because – Georgia loses, they're probably going to fall maybe down to eight. And if Florida, I don't really have looked at Florida lately since they haven't played recently, but if neither team has won, they might as well just say it's done. If, if I, I think that there's more pressure on Georgia for this game because Georgia has no margin for error. They, at, 
be it because of the fact Florida is an interdivisional rival, if Florida knocks them off, they are the top seed going to Atlanta to play Alabama. And obviously it's probably to lose to Alabama, but we'll get to that down the road. Um, Georgia has no margin for error. That, that's the whole thing. Florida could lose this game and then possibly have the chips fall some other way that they could sneak into Atlanta. I mean, it, either one of them, they both have to win in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. But it's not it, – it's more of a pressure situation, I think, for Georgia. Right now, Florida sits at eight, and they're three and one, so they have not had a lot of games. Uh, if they can put a statement win on there and beat the fifth-ranked team in the nation – give Georgia at second loss, eliminate them from the chance of playing at Atlanta. If they will move up into, you know, the six, the anywhere between the seven and five range in the rankings for sure. Um, and I think it's completely possible. So I, I think that, you know, there's going to be, there's a, not a ton of coverage on this game this week because of the fact, you know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame and Clemson are, is the game of the week. Um, and rightfully so, but keep an eye on it. I, I think that both of these two teams have, have something to play for. And I think that the money line kind of reflects that. Um, it, and, you know, speaking of another money line that is a little, a little surprising in this, we're going to, we talked about them a lot in our top five. Uh, the Houston Cougars are playing Cincinnati this week and they are a 13 and a half point underdog against Cincinnati. And that's kind of surprising. Now, Houston has not played a lot of games due to the fact that they had their own COVID breakout and they postponed like the first three weeks of the season. Um, but Houston, again, is one of those like middle of the road teams, in my opinion. And I like the 13 and a half. I think that Cincinnati wins this game. Um, but I think that Houston can cover. You know, I think that Cincinnati, if they're going to have a game, it's going to be after they already played SMU and after they played Memphis, like two back-to-back weeks that drained that team. You know, if they're if they're going to have a slip up game, it's going to be this week. Uh, and so I like Houston to cover at least at 13 and a half. I do think that Cincinnati wins this outright. Um, and for anybody looking at and listening to this, the over under on this is 54 and a half. And I think that, you know, that could easily like be reached without a doubt. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, that's 13 and a half. Now, when you, look, when you get the two touchdowns, even if a team you know, with Houston, you're like, man, Houston's a pretty good program in that American system. You know, they're coming off of, you know, a pretty good season last year and the year before that. So I know they lost a lot, uh, especially with that corporate quarterback position. So I don't know. I'm, I'm more or less enticed to take part of the over, and I might just leave the spread alone because that 13 and a half kind of scares me. I might, I don't know, especially the way Cincinnati's been playing. I know they're probably due for a game where they're, they're, it's not going to be a blowout or they're not going to dominate 100% of the game. I just don't know if – for Cincinnati, that's what I mean. That goes back to the point. If Cincinnati dominates the American, they're 100% into the college football, uh, football my opinion. So if the, I just, I'm just scared of the fact they might dominate the American because they've shown at times they can dominate this conference, especially this year. So that's why I'm going to say I'm, I'm probably going to take the over in this game. I just don't like that spread. I don't know, 13 and a half. If it was a little bit lower, I mean, I don't know. I just don't like that spread for some reason. I, one, I get that point entirely, and I do like the over-under more than I like the spread. I think that, you know, 
everybody is entitled to have one of those slip up games. And I, I think that this is going to be the one after back-to-back weeks. That's my own opinion. And, you know, I've been known to pick a couple of that have been really wrong. Um, before we get to America's game of the week and the host of college football game day this week on ESPN, uh, let's cover our second, or I'm going to cover a second PAC 12 game here, Stanford versus Oregon. And I think that this one is a little bit more interesting for me because Oregon is kind of depleted on offense and on defense. They have a lot of players that are out right now due to COVID and, you know, they had been questioned before of how many starters we're going to play, how many we're going to opt out. Um, and so I think the line kind of reflects this. Stanford is a nine and a half point dog against the Ducks this week in Eugene. There are going to be no fans at Autzen Stadium, which is going to be kind of surreal. It was almost like watching the shoe and Happy Valley be dead empty. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that lack of energy is going to be reflected in the Ducks play. Um, and over under a 50 and a half. I'm taking the Cardinal out. I'm taking the Cardinal at nine and a half on this. Um, you know, Stanford has always put up a very good defensive program in the Pac-12. Their offenses have struggled. I mean, the years of Christian McCaffrey when they were able to dominate Iowa in that Rose Bowl, it's not that team anymore. It's not the Cardinal of that. Um, but that doesn't mean they're like not able to put up offensive scores and you know Oregon has a lot of questions to answer for on offense they lost their quarterback they don't really have a very good running back they do have some decent receivers but again how many are going to be healthy uh you know there have been a lot of questions with Oregon and their Pac-12 and their COVID outbreaks so I like Stanford at plus nine and a half I like the 50 and a half I like the over on this. I mean, I think that either one of those two teams is going to score 27 plus points. Um, so, you know, I'll take Stanford at nine and a half and I'll take the over at, at 50 and at, I'll take them over at 51. Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump in this and I'm going to jump back to that Cincinnati Houston game. This be a, this could be a nice parlay. You know, if you take, if you take that over of Cincinnati and the over of uh, Stanford, Oregon, plus that nine and a half Stanford's game, I'm happy with that parlay. That's a nice looking parlay in my opinion. If you love, you know, like I love parlays. Like I said, that's why I like to just play parlays. You know, um, I do pretty well at parlays. Um, but that's a little, that's a little hidden nice parlay if you take that Cincinnati Houston over with the Stanford Oregon order and plus that nine and a half that uh, Stanford's getting. You know, you've made that very obvious. This Oregon team offensively lost a lot. You look at Justin Herbert. You know, there's a guy that started what, four years for you guys, and you're losing arguably the one of the Huge. better quarterbacks you've had. I've said Marcus Mariota has had that pro talent. So, yep. I mean, it's be hard to replace that. It, they, have a lot of question, they have a lot of questions on offense, that is for sure. Um, and, you know, they are the favorite right now. Uh, we, men- we mentioned this last week that they are at, like, plus one. I will tell you exactly, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, at Paradise Casinos in Peoria. They are the favorite at plus 170 still to win the Pac-12. USC is at plus 220 uh, as the next best team. So they are still the favorite to win, but I just don't know how much of a favorite they're going to be. They have a lot of questions that need that they need to answer, you know, and they, they didn't look great in their last appearance. Obviously they played in the Rose Bowl last year and it's been almost 12 months since they last, you know, put on the pads. 
So, you know, it, this could be a team that is very good, but they definitely need to answer it. And we haven't heard a lot out of there. They haven't given a lot of practice access to media. They've been fairly like hush hush about like who has COVID and like, what is it going to look like? But you know, there've been a lot of issues. And I think that Oregon is one of those teams that is a little overpriced in terms of value for winning the conference. I think that Stanford at plus nine and a half is going to at least cover if not pull an upset off. And, you know, and that's another thing about the Pac-12 is a lot of these schools in this conference are in a hotbed of COVID still. Look at all the schools in California and Oregon and Washington. That is just probably outside, you know, look at Florida and some up like Texas and southern areas. That's right there is like probably arguably second or third biggest hotbed in the country for COVID. So you never know. There be there could be a lot of times where games get postponed and, you just don't know. And they don't have a lot of whack. The conference does not have a lot of margin for error. That is for sure in this. You know, they're already starting behind the eight ball. Ohio, like the Big Ten is playing eight games. I'm pretty sure the Pac 12 is playing six, which is the same as the Mac and then the championship game. And they're going to like do a round robin format based on like however they seated between divisions, which, you know, championship Sunday, I'm only watching the championship game because that's going to be the only one that matters. But again, they're going to come down to this question of how many games can they play and how many is going to be viable to actually like declare yourself a conference champion. And, you know, the Big Ten is already going to have to answer that because of Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, we're going to get into that um, in our headliners podcast this week uh, whenever that drops. So keep your eyes out on that, because I know that a lot of us in, in the sports department have opinions on it. Um so I think that the pack, I think the Pac-12 has no margin for error. I think Oregon has no margin for error for sure. Um, they're already behind the eight ball, going to have the least amount of games in the Power Five in order to make the playoff. So I think that this is, you know, they cannot stumble. And you know, even if this game is close against Stanford, you know that that's raising questions. Nine and a half points is a very good line for Stanford, who is ranked at plus, who is at plus three thousand. They're seventh right now to win the Pac-12. So it's very, like, hard for them to justify it. They have a harder schedule, but that's because they're playing a bunch of California schools. Like, they're playing USC, they're playing UCLA, and they're playing Oregon. Um, So I think that at nine and a half, I like this. I think that, you know, that'll be a good one if you're looking to, like, mix it together with a little parlay. Um, And it seems like it's not a lot of high risk, in my opinion. The last game is America's game of the week, so to speak, in the college in the college realm. The Clemson Tigers, who are going to be without the former Heisman favorite, I will say former because of the fact, in my opinion, Mac Jones and Justin Fields have both passed him um, in this ranking. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be out. Travis Etienne is going to be in there, going to South Bend to play Notre Dame, who is at a plus 198 outright underdog with an over under of 51 and a half. Um, Justin, who do you like in this game to start off? And then I'll run, I'll follow you. You know, I really like Notre Dame plus five and a half. You know, I know Clemson's going to be look a lot better, especially if that freshman quarterback at the same time, this is a way better team than Boston college. I mean, if you really look at it, Boston college gave more fits to Clemson all round than any team so far. 
So when you look at you look at Notre Dame and they're just every game they play, they're destroying everybody. So I, and I looking at comparing opponents from what Clemson played to Notre Dame, there's not that much difference. So that's why I like. I do. I think Clemson's going to somehow pull it out and win at the end, maybe. But at the same time, that five and a half is too good to give up, in my opinion, especially without Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's you know you look at it and you think Notre Dame could be eke out a field goal to win the game, and you have it that way. Either, either way, you know this is not going to be more than a touchdown game, in my opinion. That's that's why I like that five and a half so much. Um, it could go either way, and it's going to be down to the wire. It just has that type of feeling to me, especially the way Clemson played without their leader last week. Um, I do, I really do, uh, I'd like the over, the over 51 and a half to cover late. It's not going to be, I feel like this team, these two teams are going to take probably the first quarter to fill each other out, unless Travis Etienne just goes off and just tears up Notre Dame. But I just don't know. I just feel like that first quarter is going to be where they're going to fill each other out a little bit. These both defenses are pretty decent. And, you know, they don't, you know, I, I just, I like the over 51 and a half. I just don't feel like it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit tighter, you know, um, especially because those defenses are so good on both sides. I think, I think that this is going to be a very close matchup and, you know, obviously it, it's going to be the story going into this is the quarterback play. You know, Trevor Lawrence was by far, arguably going to be the number one pick going in. He's missing the biggest game of the year, minus if Clemson makes a playoffs. Um, so now now we kind of turn our focus to Amari Rogers and Travis Etienne. Etienne is the leading rusher um, for Clemson with 606 yards so far, and he has been good. He's been good running between the tackles. He has looked really good. Um, DJ Ugada, or I can't even pronounce this guy's last name, um, DJ Ugalagali, who is the freshman quarterback, looked really good last week, completing 42 of 60 attempts for 440, 444 yards with two TD passes, only taking one sack. He looked great. My counter argument to this is Notre Dame has a very underrated offense. Ian Book looks good, you know. He, he's thrown for over 1,200 yards so far, completed 60% of his passes, seven TDs to one interception. He has been sacked 11 times, but that's not all on his fault. You know, that offensive line is kind of like hit or miss at times. Um, and while Travis Etienne gets a lot of the credit for being the best rusher in the ACC, you cannot forget about Kyron Williams at Notre Dame, who has 600 yards. Like, Kyron Williams has 600 yards on 105 attempts. He's averaging almost six yards of carry, and he has seven TDs on his own. You know, Clemson is going to have to lock down both Ian Book and Kyron Williams in order to have this opportunity to win this game. I'm taking Notre Dame outright at plus 198. I think that this is how much it pains me to say this. And my issue with Notre Dame is the fact that they get to play whoever they want, whenever they want. Join a conference, and then I'll give you the opportunity to, like, make the playoff consistently. They joined a conference this year, and now they actually have to play somebody um, at a very – granted, it is at home, but this is going to be a very good game for them. Um, I like Notre Dame in this. I like it at home. I like it because of the fact South Bend is going to allow them to have fans in the stands. 
I think that even like a small amount of fighting Irish fans is going to scare this freshman quarterback of Clemson a little bit. And, you know, Notre Dame is going to show up. Like Notre Dame has said, you know, I remember, I, I think it was Monday that uh, Notre Dame's head coach had said, you know, we've only lost two games since getting blown out by Clemson two years ago in the playoffs. You know, everybody wants to like write Notre Dame off as like this wannabe power five. They have been a power five. I think at plus 198 with everything that is going into this game without Trevor Lawrence, with a defense that is very good at holding teams, you know, I, I like the Irish in this. I, I also think that, you know, I like the under at 51 and a half because I think that this is going to be a defensive battle. I think that it's going to be decided by, you know, I think it's going to be a 10 point game. That's, that's mostly my only reason not picking the spread is I think it'll be, it'll be a touchdown and a field goal, maybe two touchdowns. Um, Like it will be close, but Notre Dame is going to come out and play with something to lose because if Notre Dame loses this, I think their chances of making the playoffs are slim to none. You know, you can't like, that, that's my opinion on it. They, they'll find a way to get written out by the committee or something like that. I don't think that they're wanting to do that this year. I think they want to go in. I think they want to beat Clemson. And then I think, you know, they want to play big teams and they want to win a national championship for the first time. And, you know, the last two times that they've been on the big stage, they got blown out by Alabama in the BCS. And then they got blown out by Clemson in the playoff. So I like Notre Dame at plus 198 on this. I think that this stamps them and this pushes them into the top three conversation and pushes Clemson a little bit down. Um, it, it granted without Trevor Lawrence, it's a little bit of an asterisk, but we've already discussed that. I mean, yeah, if you really look at this game, Notre Dame is just as good offensively as Clemson. You know, yes, you know, Etienne and um, Lawrence might have more of the NFL attention and stuff like that. At the same time, this is a program that Notre Dame, like you said, brought two games. And this is more or less a redemption game from, from two years ago where Notre Dame got embarrassed by Clemson. They put up a field goal. They put up yeah. a field goal in that playoff game. Emba- you know? Like embarrassed. This is an embarrassed. This is a redemption game for them, basically. This is the first time they were able to play Clemson after that embarrassing loss. So it really, it's really going to come down to is Notre Dame. I know fans are going to be there. Notre Dame's going to have to come out strong right after that because if they give this freshman quarterback room for air, it's, I don't. I just feel like his talent's going to precede that 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 small margin. They cannot let this guy. We saw it last week with Boston College. Boston College was really dominant in that first half, and they, I, my opinion, they, they took the pedal off the gas at times. So Notre Dame can't do that because Clemson is able to recruit kids, and we've seen this now since Dabo's been there. To come in and play well. This Trevor Lawrence said freshman year when he would come in. Now it's this very, kid looks very good. So it's not it's not the fact that like come on, you have to full pedal from the start of the game. You can't it's very much a next man up mentality. Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's what it is. Um, you know, Notre Dame has to come out and hit the ground running in this game for sure. Um, you know, if they win the toss. Do not defer. Do not give Clemson the opportunity to take the crowd noise out of it. They need to put their foot on their necks 
and literally just continue to press, you know, and I think that, you know, I, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I There's nothing else on Saturday night that's going to look good because the Pac-12 games start after it. Thank you, West Coast time zone change for this. Uh, so we will, I will be able to watch the Pac-12 and not have to worry about flipping between, you know, NBC and the Pac-12. Um, so I think that, you know, this is, this is going to be a statement game for Notre Dame. All eyes are going to be on this two versus four matchup and rightfully so. And we are going to get answers after Saturday night. Thanks for listening to the Headliners podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at the Northern Stars website, northernstar.info, under the multimedia section for all our podcasts and the sports section for all our articles and columns.